0: Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drazimski.
1: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And, of course, we're sitting in the most luxurious corner booth of all because we're here in Lourdes, France, on a pilgrimage. And it's so beautiful to be here. And Robert Hutton, my uh, guest co-host, is here with me. Robert, how you doing?
2: Oh, I'm doing great, Deacon. How are you doing this morning?
1: Doing just fantastic. It's hard to do poorly here in Lourdes. It's beautiful here.
2: It is beautiful. But, you know, we're going to talk about a place I think that's even more beautiful. In fact, yeah. I went to this place, uh, Bethlehem in the Holy Land, years ago, one of the most profound places I've ever been.
1: Well, we have a profound guest here to help us understand uh, what's going on there. An important project the Order of Malta is working with um, in the Holy Land, and we're going to talk to Catherine Abel. and She's a dame of Malta, and she's also a member of the Board of Holy Family Hospital that's in the Holy Land in, in Bethlehem, and she's a member of the Board of Holy Family Hospital in Bethlehem in the United States, and that's a foundation. And Catherine, welcome to the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe.
3: Thank you, Deacon Jeff, and thank you, Robert. I'm very happy to be here with you today.
1: Well, you know what? Let's get started by talking about, you know, when you mentioned Holy Family Hospital, I think a lot of people don't even know that there is something like this there in the Holy Land in Bethlehem. Tell us about Holy Family Hospital in Bethlehem.
3: I think it's probably best if I start by telling you a little story. Uh, As all of us know, all of us good Christians know, 2,000 years ago, a very young woman, And her husband came to Bethlehem on a donkey. They came there because they were forced to come there by the military authorities who were occupying Bethlehem. They had to register. Uh, They were not given a choice as to when they could come. They had to come at a certain time. And it happened to be a time when Mary was expecting and imminently expecting, went into labor and needed to find a place to have her baby right away. The only place that was open to them after they went from door to door to door was a stable with animals, a very primitive place. And that's indeed where the Savior of the world was born 2,000 years ago. Jump now, 2,000 years later, to 2012, and Bethlehem is still an occupied uh, city and an occupied territory. And the military authorities there tell people when they can travel how they can travel, they control the uh, food source, the water source. So it's very difficult to live there under those conditions. And many people there uh, have no jobs. There's almost a 70% unemployment rate there now. And so people are very poor, and um, they're restricted, and they're very stressed. But instead of a stable to deliver a baby, there's a place called Holy Family Hospital, and Holy Family Hospital is a sixty bed a state of the art western style uh, maternity center. Uh, we deliver about three hundred well, i 'm sorry three thousand three hundred babies a year, and we take care of twenty thousand women in outpatient clinics.
1: We should stop there for a second because the, I want to go back to the point where you just said this is a western style hospital and we, we listening most of the people listening to this radio program probably Take for granted the the health care that we receive uh, in in the more populated centers in the in the more productive and the more the, the, the bigger countries right we 're used to being able to go and get decent health care and your this holy family hospital is in a place where they're not used to that
3: no that 's absolutely true uh Most people, there's no health insurance there. There's no social welfare there. There are some government hospitals that are really very, very uh, primitive and poor. You have to bring your own sheets, for instance, to a Mm. government hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, But our hospital is a place of promise, a place of, of refuge, a place of hope for people. They can come there and know that any complication that occurs in a delivery uh, can be taken care of. Any baby that's born with a d- in distress and any kind of a problem will be taken care of, and we'll, we save lives there. We, we definitely do.
2: You know, Catherine, one thing I can tell you, when I went to the Holy Land, I went to Bethlehem, and I was struck by two things. When we crossed the wall into Bethlehem, how poor the people were, people coming begging to sell little things, and also, you see Holy Family Hospital in there. And just how great as a Christian to see in this predominantly, now predominantly Muslim area, to see this hospital that's run by Christians and I guess the Order of Malta and, and you know, giving life, giving love, giving care to people of all faiths at, at such a high standard. It just really, this stark, it seemed like a great uh, act of love to help people that are really very poor people.
3: It is an act of love, Robert. It's um, uh, a perfect embodiment of the Christian mission that uh, we treat everyone who comes, regardless of their religion, regardless of their nationality, regardless of of their ability to pay. Uh, Most of the people are very poor. I like to tell people that um, for those who can pay the top price, and there are some, who can pay the top price? The top price for a delivery there is three hundred and sixty dollars. That's a full package of prenatal well, and delivery care. <laughs> Robert,
1: I've got you're looking at me because I got nine kids, and you're thinking I'll have four. <laughs> although the plane trip over there might have been expensive uh, to be to deliver there, but uh, that's that's wonderful that you're able to do that now. Is this subsidized in some way? How do, where yes. does the money come from? Yes,
3: uh, that's, that's the, uh, the maximum amount we can charge a patient, but the care actually costs a great deal more, and we're very dependent on donations. Uh, we are an international order. We have donors from all over the world, but particularly in America, people are very, very generous to us. People realize that this is a place that continues um, to help the poor in the way that Jesus invited us to help. Well, the you court. call
1: this uh, a place of hope, right? And this is a uh, people having babies here, and so you've called this place a birthplace of hope. That's and, our website, and exactly right. So, uh, how uh, appropriate that your website would be birthplace of hope, all one word dot org. And so, if people are interested uh, and feel called, maybe driven. Right, the Holy Spirit speaking to them and saying, "You know, uh, you you should um, uh, give a little money here. Just give a little, t- uh, you know, pray for these folks. But if you can make a charitable contribution, you can do that at that website. What else will they hear uh, or read about on this website?
3: On the website, they'll find the history of the hospital. They'll find uh, a description of the programs that we offer there, the uh, kind of care we give. They'll find some stories." of particular families, women and babies who are helped there. Uh, they'll find some information about our mobile clinic, which goes out into remote areas where people never yeah, see a not doctor. Just,
1: you, it's not just a brick-and-mortar hospital, which no. it is, but you have so many outreach programs and whatnot, and we find all that stuff on that website. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's the website, Deacon Jeff? It's birthplaceofhope.org, right? We want people to go there and, and, and visit that website to find out more. Now, tell us... You started to tell us about the demographics there, in terms of like the the type of people that that are being uh, helped here, the the type of lives. What are the, what are the demographics? What who are your clientele? What are their religious affiliations typically?
3: Uh, interestingly enough, I can't tell you what their religious affiliations are because our policy is never to ask. Amen. That's anyone beautiful. who comes there who needs our help uh, receives help, and. Uh, to continue the story that I began with, sometimes we have people arriving on a donkey, and sometimes the only payment they, they give us is a goat, uh, <laughs> at which we accept because they're very proud people. They don't want charity. They want to pay their way in any way they can, and um, we, we accept whatever they can give us and then try to get help for them in any way we can, either from our poor case fund, which uh, funds poor people, or from uh, some other source, uh, you know, other nonprofit. That's beautiful, source.
1: and I imagine that the uh, the hospital cafeteria serves a lot of goat stew and uh, goats milk. You know, <laughs> how but do you make change for
2: a goat? I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know. But that's Catherine. That's actually quite beautiful that uh, that you would do that, and recognize again. A lot of times, uh, Westerners will, when they come in someplace, they will assume people want the charity or want the handout or whatever. And and the fact that you guys are respecting this culture and respecting these people uh, is, is beautiful because that, again, is part of our Christian calling uh, not to go and change who they are, but to change their circumstances and allow them to be the best that they can be it is in their absolutely, culture.
2: Absolutely, You know, I think, Dick and Jeff, even though the hospital doesn't know the religious affiliation, there are very few Christians now left in the Holy Land. I remember that when I was there. And what struck me is that this is really a witness of the Christian faith in the sense of the, the love of Christ being made present to all people, many, most of whom are not Christian.
3: That's absolutely true. Uh, we, um, we serve people in the Bethlehem region uh, who, of any faith. We also serve four refugee camps, and we serve the Bedouins in the desert, who are really the, the, the lowest and the poorest of anyone there. They live in areas where there's no sanitation, there's no uh, utilities, there's no water, there's nothing. And we send our mobile van out there uh, a couple times a week. Is and that for prenatal care, or it's for it prenatal it? care? We bring them into the hospital. We don't deliver babies yeah, in the desert. No, Although many of them, <laughs> without our hospital, have have their babies in their tents. That's uh, been their way for centuries. Which
2: is why they had a high infant mortality rate. Yes, right? exactly.
3: There's a very grow. high infant, infant mortality rate. It's about um, three times what it is in the in the United States or any other developing country.
1: Well, we do want to remind people that if you want to find out more about... Uh, Holy Family Hospital. Uh, they would want to go to birthplaceofhope.org. Uh, there are lots of opportunities there, I'm sure, uh, to find out more about what the hospital's doing, the mission, the folks that are being uh, assisted here, the, the lives that are being saved, and the mission uh, of this, this beautiful, wonderful ministry. Uh, but also, it's an opportunity for you to make some kind of charitable contribution uh, on that uh, website. So again, it's birthplaceofhope.org, uh, which tells me I should mention my website as well, because we're going to come back right right. after a break, before we do that, I want to remind people that we have a wonderful website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. You'll find out a lot about the Catholic faith and about our mission to help others, uh, which is what's happening at Holy Family Hospital. Uh, And also, I'd love for you to email me at deaconjeff at com. And so with that, we will be right back.
4: I'm Bester Drzezemski, and this is another great moment in church history. There was no greater man born of woman. These words of Jesus Christ himself reflect the greatness of St. John the Baptist. A cousin of Jesus, John's birth was miraculous. His mother Elizabeth conceived John despite being past her childbearing years and previously unable to have children. While he was performing his priestly duties in the temple at Jerusalem, John's father, was told by the angel Gabriel that his wife was to have a child and they should call him John. Because he doubted, Zechariah was struck mute and could not talk again until after the child's birth when he wrote on a tablet that the child would be called John. Several months later, after being told by the angel Gabriel that she would be the mother of Jesus, Mary was also told that Elizabeth, her kinswoman, was in her sixth month of pregnancy and Mary, thereafter, went to assist Elizabeth with John's birth. The Gospel of Luke records that the unborn John leapt in Elizabeth's womb upon hearing the greeting of Mary, who was pregnant with the Christ child. As an adult, John lived an ascetic life, spending most of his time in the desert, wearing coarse camel hair and eating a diet of honey and wild locusts. John was a fervent preacher, calling the people to repent for their sins. John attracted many followers, baptizing them in the River Jordan as a sign of the filthy state of their souls before God and their need of spiritual cleansing. John also preached that he was merely a precursor and a Messiah was following him that he was not even fit to loosen his sandals. Jesus began his public ministry by asking John to baptize him, which happened despite John's protest that Jesus should be baptizing John. After the baptism, God descended like a dove upon Jesus, and it was heard from above, This is my beloved son, listen to him. John directed his followers to follow Jesus, saying about Jesus, He must increase while I must decrease. John was imprisoned and beheaded by Herod Antipas after publicly preaching the king's need of repentance for incestuously marrying his brother's wife Herodias. John the Baptist is considered the last of the great prophets of the Old Testament and the bridge with the New Testament. His principal feast day is celebrated on June twenty-fourth. I'm Bess Trzemski, and this is another great moment in church history.
0: Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff.
1: And welcome back to the Catholic Cafe's luxurious corner booth. I'm Deacon Jeff, and I'm sitting here, of course, with Robert Hutton, my uh, co-host, and also with Catherine Abel, a dame of Malta, very involved in this uh, wonderful outreach, this uh, Holy Family Hospital in Bethlehem, in the Holy Land. And Catherine, I I really want to know, why is it that you particularly decide to get involved with this particular ministry?
3: Well, Deacon Jeff, I went to the Holy Land, And I went to the Church of the Nativity, and I was very, very moved by the place in the Church of the Nativity that is believed to be the birthplace of Christ. And after I went there, I went to a place not far from there, about a half a mile away, called Holy Family Hospital. And I went there because it was a hospital owned by the Order of Malta, and I'm a member of the Order of Malta, and I was just struck by the beautiful, peaceful place that I found, the care that was given, the loving care, the Christian care that was given to people there uh, that was denied to our Savior and his mother. And I thought about my own. I have three children, all grown, and I thought about how easy it was for me to just go to the hospital and deliver my children in a very wonderful, safe, happy place. We take
1: that for granted, don't we? We take
3: that so much for granted. And people there can't take that for granted. Uh, If Holy Family Hospital were not in Bethlehem, people would be delivering their babies literally on the desert floor. People who, women who can't get to the hospital still do that today.
2: You know, Catherine, I think it's important to, to people to know, too, people in Bethlehem can't easily travel into the major cities, and so they can't easily get into Jerusalem and other places because of political issues and, and, and that make it very, very difficult. So without Holy Family Hospital, a lot of these women would have nobody to help them.
3: That's absolutely right. Uh, there are restrictions on travel. Uh, Bethlehem, uh, on, most people think Bethlehem is in Israel. It is not in Israel. Bethlehem is on the West Bank in occupied territory, and uh, with, with all the things that accompany that, all the military restrictions and uh, uh, difficult travel, um, all things like that.
1: And that is the primary maternity care that's offered in that district, in Bethlehem District, isn't it?
3: It's the primary care that's offered, and it's also um, in the tradition of the Order of Malta, the best care that can be given. Um, one person once said, "We save for the be- we save for the poor the best
1: that's beautiful. now how many people, how many women and children you, you might have mentioned, but how many are, are, are helped each year at this hospital?
3: We deliver thir- about three thousand three hundred babies a year, and we help uh, between twenty and twenty two thousand women and children who
1: come there as outpatients and There are lots of services that are that are provided not just come and have your baby there 's lots of stuff that this hospital is doing for them.
3: Absolutely. We have the only neonatal intensive care on the entire West Bank. So we are the referral agency, uh, the referral hospital for the uh, Palestinian Authority for every, any baby who is in distress on the West Bank. And, uh, most of that care, uh, has to be given free because it's very, very expensive and people can't afford to pay for it. So we, uh, provide that through our generous donors. Uh, we also have the only, uh, diabetes screening for pregnant women on the West Bank. We have a program for mature women between the ages of 45 and 85, the only care, the only preventive care and gynecological care that is given for women uh, in that age group.
1: That's fantastic. So there's so much going on. Now, you had mentioned earlier, you've mentioned uh, Palestinian, you've talked about, and you actually mentioned the word peace earlier Isn't the Holy Family Hospital doing a lot, you know, not in terms of being – it's not a political structure at all, right? It's not an institution, a political institution. In fact, it's kind of the opposite of that. But isn't it doing a lot for peace in that area?
3: Absolutely. Uh, Just by by standing for the Christian mission that we stand for, we stand for peace. We, we, as I mentioned, we treat anyone who comes there regardless of their nationality, their religion, their ability to pay – uh, if they need our help, we give our help. Um, one of our doctors said that um, a great way to make peace is to bring in a father at a time when he 's doing a sonogram- when the doctor is doing a sonogram on the mother so the father can see his baby that 's a great, great thing for peace they 're De- so grateful to us. Deacon
2: Jeff that is so needed. Uh, what I struck about when I went to the Holy Land is all the people with machine guns, all the violence that was there, and just to have this one place, That in the name of Christ gives hope to the poor, helps these women who are extremely poor. I mean, the poverty I've seen over there, we don't have that in the United States like they have over there. And it's really. Well, I
1: just, I'm struck by the fact that you have doctor to doctor, you know, you have different nationalities, different religions. Uh, and and different people all, and so you're sort of bypassing the politicians and the governments, right? And and you're able to have peace that's brought like person to person, and then then the patients that are being, and the fact that you don't dwell on their back background, they're in, they're a human being, they're made in the image likeness of God, and they come to you, and you offer them the help. Uh, that, that that we should offer those people. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful notion.
3: It's a very beautiful notion. And um, um, speaking of peace, one thing that we're very proud of recently is we have been cooperating with the Shimon Peres Peace Center in Israel uh, for some time now. If we have a baby that's born that needs heart surgery or something like that, Uh, The Paris Peace Center has helped us to get that baby into a a very good hospital in Jerusalem or Tel Aviv or one other uh, city in Israel for the kind of care that can't be offered on the West Bank, that that we can't offer. Uh, And now the Paris Peace Center is helping to educate our doctors about more um, advanced medical care, uh, for instance, in the area of diabetes, in the area of uh, uh, preventive care and gynecological care for older women. Um, they are training our doctors in those areas that they're so skilled at. And this is really a, a great thing for peace in this area, peace person to person, medical personnel to clinical personnel.
1: Now, we also mentioned in our introduction of you that you were a member of the board of the Holy Family Hospital of Bethlehem in the United States, this foundation. Um, tell us about what does this foundation do, and why was it, why was it started?
3: We started this foundation about 1996 uh, in the United States at the request of our Grand Master in Rome. Uh, the hospital was uh, suffering financially. It was, uh, there was a possibility it would have to be closed because, as I say, we serve the poor. And the poor can't pay, and, and we have to take care of them. So we started this foundation amongst the um, members of the Order of Malta in the United States to uh, raise enough money that we could annually make a contribution that would, would be a significant contribution to the hospital. Uh, we have a website, as you mentioned, birthplaceofhope.org. And um, that can tell you all about our activities. We, we raise money both within the Order of Malta and outside of the Order um, through parishes
1: and through schools. Uh, yeah, tell us about that because I know that a lot of people think that well, all I can do really is go to the website and I can, uh, uh, you know, I can sign up or I can send some money, and that's a good thing to do. We we don't discourage that at all. We think go to birthplaceofhope.org and do that, but also you you have sort of a parish outreach and a school outreach kind of a program. How does that work? It's a wonderful program because it gives people an opportunity
3: to uh, be connected to the place where our. Christian religion began uh, to do something to help Christians in the Holy Land who are, as we mentioned earlier, uh, dwindling to a very, very small number. It helps to 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 maintain this Christian presence that we have in the Holy Land that we all share. That's really, in a sense, the place where our our real, our faith began. Uh, so we have a program in parishes. We we ask parishes to make a contribution um, either through a second collection or a poor box collection or however they want to do it. Uh, And um, we are very grateful to the parishes around the country, around the whole nation that do this. And it's not just Catholic parishes, it's uh, Christian parishes of all kinds, of all denominations. We also uh, have a program in the schools, and this is a very, very good way to educate young people about the birth of their religion and uh, about um, the people, to help the people where our religion began.
1: Well, that's fantastic. And of can, uh, again, if people want to find out more about uh, this, this, this wonderful endeavor, uh, then certainly, and how they can get involved. Because, you know, a lot of people listen again and think, well, what am I, what can I do? I mean, certainly we can all pray, right? We can pray for this uh, ministry because it's, it's in need of prayers. But also, we, we can offer our financial support. Uh, And then we can go to this website, birthplaceofhope.org, and we can find out more about what we can do uh, in a more active way, in a more physical way, in terms of these parish outreach programs and this uh, school outreach program as well.
3: Yes, that's true. And there are also some stories there about specific people who have been helped, specific women and babies who have been helped by our hospital and by the generosity of all of our donors. We're very, very grateful to everyone who has become involved in this ministry
2: And Catherine, one thing I think, too, anyone that is blessed enough to be able to go to the Holy Land, which of all the places I've been, they're wonderful places in the world. That is a unique place for a person of the Christian faith to really go and and to experience that. But it is good. You can visit the hospital, too, can't you, if you go to Bethlehem and see some of the work that they're doing?
3: Yes, absolutely. We we uh, encourage people to come there and see that. I think as as uh, Catholics and as Christians, it's a place that we can be very proud of, uh, that we are carrying out the mission that, that Jesus Christ brought to us and uh, gave to us in a special way.
1: Well, I think that we would all agree that you are carrying that out uh, ably. Uh, Pun intended with your last name, uh, Catherine Abel. Uh, and we're so thankful that you would come and spend some time and talk to us about uh, this wonderful uh, place, Holy Family Hospital in the Holy Land in Bethlehem. And we are uh, so blessed by that. And we thank the Order of Malta for being involved in that and sort of taking up um, what needs to be done to to bring this gift of life to to everyone. You know, everyone made in the image and likeness of God. So it's a beautiful thing that you guys are doing.
3: Thank you very much, Deacon Jeff. We're Thank you for being here
1: at the uh, in the uh, luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and we'll have you back again, I'm sure, when the next big thing that you're going to be involved in, because you seemed to like to to enjoy to be part of uh, all these exciting things. Mm-hmm.
3: Thank you very much, Deacon Jeff. I'm so happy to be here and uh, always proud to talk about the hospital.
1: Well, we're going to close in prayer, and we, you know we're actually going to go back a little ways. This was written a few years ago. Uh, this is a prayer uh, from uh, Saint Augustine, name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Watch, dear Lord, with those who wake or watch or weep tonight, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend your sick ones, O Lord Jesus Christ. Rest your weary ones. Bless your dying ones. Soothe your suffering ones. Shield your joyous ones. And all for your love's sake. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: for listening to The Catholic Cafe. For more information, visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You'll find many links to Catholic resources on the web. You can also listen to previous shows online, download MP3s, or take advantage of our podcast feature. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com.